Hey everyone, and welcome to 121 Overload. I am Peter, and that over there is Matt. Hey, what's up? This is a show in which we talk about movies. We do this one once a month, and what makes this one a little bit different from the others? I mean, the, the, the conversation's pretty similar, but we, we each pick a movie that we love, we put it up for a mm-hmm. vote on patreon.com slash TV, and our patrons at the $5 tier and up vote on which one we're going to do. And I had a bit of a streak going. My, my movie had won a couple of times in a row. Unfortunately, this month they decided to go with Matt's pick, which is La La Karma's Land. a boomerang, bro. Karma's a boomerang. And this is particularly cruel, this one, because he knew I would hate this. He picked Party. this one... Wait a minute. So you're telling me you picked Under the Skin and Neon Demon because you knew that those are movies I might enjoy, or did you pick them knowing? They'll see. See, Neon Demon <laughs> was only picked because you picked La La Land, so I, I fought fire with fire. Yeah. Well, I hope we learned a lesson. Under yeah. the Skin, on the other hand, I was like, no, 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 I'm going to convince them that this, this is the way. This is this is life. This is... Yeah. <laughs> open open your mind. Life does not find a way, Pete. Life does not find a way. <laughs> So, yeah, so we're going to talk about La La Land. Uh, we'll start spoiler-free. We will give you warning before spoilers. Obviously, I mean, it came out last year, and I feel like it's a mainstream movie that most people have probably seen by now, but just in case. I mean, it almost it almost won the Oscar. I feel, you know... <laughs> almost to the point where they actually announced it won the Oscar until, until they corrected, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we're going to get into this. So, so, I need to preface this. I need to preface this before we even talk about the movie. I do not like musicals. I have never liked musicals. They bug me. They irritate me. I do not understand them. I I find them tedious to watch. Whenever a song starts, I'm just counting the minutes until the song Which, is over. This strikes me as strange because you love music. I know you as a you know I've, I've been on a podcast with you for the last going on four years now. Hmm. I think it's actually been four years. And and you know your music. You know maybe not as well as Connor because he's a music major, but you know like. You you play some guitar, right? Like uh, in high school, I did. Yeah, I think on it, yeah. I, I'm a bit more picky with music though, and what I like and what I don't like. And honestly, okay. I feel like when it comes to musicals, the reason why I typically don't like them very much is because I just don't like the type of music that's typically in a musical. It's mm-hmm. very whimsical. Usual, usually, it's very kind of you know. In this case, it's quite jazzy or it's quite whatever. Like oh, yeah, this not- is this is straight up. Some scenes are straight up jazz, and you know, which should be expected from. The guy that directed Whiplash, mm. you know, like that—that's his wheelhouse. Um, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat where I don't enjoy very many musicals. They have to have something about them that's more like, you know, I, I'll tend to like Newsies, right? Because Newsies is a historical one. Mm. Um, but outside of that, like Sweeney Todd is my nightmare. Like, there's there's not a a time I can imagine myself ever which, enjoying that. Which is why you can't pick that for this vote, because exactly. you have to love the movie you pick. That's yes. the rule. Although, I'm, I'm going to let some people know, um, when <laughs> Pete was going to do this thing where he's, you know, I don't know what your point was, if it was to broaden your horizons, or just to give yourself something to do before you had all these shows, where we could, you know, give him movies to watch, and then he would review them. And... Um, I, run the, I missed the first go around, you know, which I think what, what ended up winning was our friend Rob's pick. Was that was that Chris Evans' movie? Oh, um, yeah, I forgot the name of it now, but I really liked that yeah, movie. Yeah, but you ended up really liking it. Uh, well, me and Connor decided to take the opposite route on the second go around, and uh, <laughs> I handed Pete Sweeney Todd. And the caveat there was it had to be something we'd already seen, which, you know, I had seen it. Granted, it was in the background as my wife was watching it, and I wanted to claw my eyes out. 
But it was Tim Burton and a musical, two things that Pete just loves. So I hate you so much. <laughs> Yeah. all so much in fact I hate our patrons our pat- I hate our patrons right now like they made me watch this ah. I'm not happy I'm just not happy he's ah. <laughs> not happy so right so only musicals right that much is clear mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to hate the plot of the movie per se uh, yeah. like I mean as far as musicals I actually like I guess Blues Brothers counts I like Blues Brothers see it's weird when I think musical I think of something like Singing in the Rain where Specific plot elements are moved through the movie through song, you know. Mm. And I feel like Blues Brothers is—they're more musical vignettes that a movie happens around, you know. But I guess it counts. I haven't watched it in forever, so I don't—I can't. I should say yeah, it. whatever. But that's the one example yeah. I can kind of think of. I enjoyed the Buffy episode. That television show, Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer, had a musical. Forty-five episodes. minutes. What, like- what about the Supergirl Flash crossover? That was that was pretty good. That was more hit and miss. I wasn't as into the. <laughs> See, this is the thing though. It works better with me when a TV show when I've already been watching it for years because I already like, yeah. like the characters enough that it feels like they're just goofing around and having some, you know, yeah. having a fun time for an episode. What Whereas it... I watched this and it starts with this ridiculous dance number in, on the highway with with people getting out of their cars and spinning around, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, "Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this?" <laughs> Oh man, uh, so so for me that opens the movie to let you know you we're in a heightened sense of reality. It's not our reality, uh, mm-hmm. but I mean we'll, we'll talk about it through the spoilers because I don't want to start giving yeah, away yeah. bits and pieces of the movie. But yeah, it's a it's a big show stopping number to open the thing with. I mean they actually shut down a freeway to do this. Like that's unheard of. They could have done it on the soundstage and made it look like a freeway. But no, they, you know... So I, I always give it points for difficulty there. Mm. Yeah. Well, I should probably give my overall impression of the damn thing yeah. before, we, before we move any further. So... I I mean, like... It wasn't a terrible movie. Like, I'm not going to like sit and say there was no skill involved. Okay. Cinematography was often quite nice. Like, it would be sweeping yeah. around and doing various things. Uh but, you know, I think, first of all, yes, a lot of the musical numbers did bore the crap out of me. There was many which I just zoned out. Like, I just wasn't really paying attention once they got going. Like, there's a whole there's a whole bit before the, the first kiss where they're floating around, and I just kind of, like, I didn't even know what was happening during most of that scene. And then I came back and they were kissing. I, I, I like, kid you not. I, I watched this on Thanksgiving Eve with my family, because, you know, we had a, I had a refresh, and uh, I, I leaned over to my wife and went, Pete's going to get to this part, and he's going to shut it off. I know. <laughs> and he's going to be like, I'm going to come back to this. So the fact that you zoned out makes me kind of right. Uh, I, I did have to take a break later. I, mean, actually, I was actually yeah. 15 minutes late to the recording because I had to take a 15-minute break in the middle because it was just too much. And I had to, I had to go and not be in a musical for like 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> but here's, 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 here's maybe more of an actual... like Obviously, like a lot of those caveats come... A lot of those complaints come with these caveats so it's just purely down to taste. Here's yeah. here's one I'll give you that I I kind of is less caveat filled. It's still a bit caveat filled, but it's less caveat filled. So this movie is very much a love letter to a certain time in Hollywood. That's this is very much Damien Chazelle's yeah. kind of like yeah 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 I love musicals of this this era and it's going to be you, you open with the, the cinema scope kind of thing and it'll mm-hmm. say the end at the end and all these things like he's 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 love letter to Hollywood. Now my two my two points here is one. It does feel self-indulgent. It feels like he's stroking Hollywood's big hard cock. Big time. 
Like, right. And he's good at it, too. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Hollywood's <laughs> enjoying the rub. He's enjoying it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And secondly, I like movies that celebrate film and are love letters to the movie business and are love letters to the history of cinema. Here's the thing, though. I have other examples that I've seen do it better before. Movies that I love. that I, I, I like Cinema Paradiso... I watched that when I wanted to see a movie about celebrating the love of film. Uh, I watched Hugo. Hugo surprised the shit out of me when that came out. I wasn't expecting anything from that movie, and it kind of blew me away. I was really into that. It ended up being one of my, my favourite Scorsese movies. Wow. So, there's movies out there for me that already exist where it's about the, the history and the love of film and the, mm. that. Where, whereas this felt a bit more two-dimensional to me because it was all about the struggle of making it in Hollywood and, you know, yeah. getting to your breaking point, but then maybe you get that one break and... I don't know, it just, it felt a bit, the plot felt very by the numbers to me, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and so that that's my my big takeaway. When I saw this last year, this was our Christmas movie, because uh, I'd already seen Rogue One by that point. So me and my wife, we, we always try to go to the movies around Christmas. And uh, we went to an early showing of this. We were like the only ones in the theater, which was pretty cool. And that was my one takeaway uh, after it ended. I was like, well, that was fun, but the story was kind of flimsy. Like... You know, you could tell that when he was crafting, when Chazelle was crafting this, it was more about how can we make this look like a classic Hollywood film than how do I tell an intriguing story? Because, I mean, I like the story. I like the characters, but it's nothing, you know, like had it won the Oscar for screenplay, it would have been egregious because it's it's really not uh, beyond basic. But it's, to me, it's it's... That struggle, someone more artistically inclined, maybe not as much as you, it's that struggle. It's why I connected to uh, Whiplash, which it shares a lot of themes with. Um, so, you know, of that, uh, what are you willing to give up to achieve your dream? And that that's something I can get behind. I just wish Chazelle had executed a little bit better on this one like he did with Whiplash. Yeah, Whiplash never felt whimsical, whereas this is full no. of whimsy. And I'm, well, if, if there's one, Yeah, Whiplash if, is straight up dark, whereas this one is, like, it's... Not tonal opposite, but you know what I mean? Like the yin and the yang of it. You know what I mean? I just if there's, if there's one thing in movies that I'm not a big fan of, it's whimsy. It's why it's why I'm not a big Disney guy. I don't, I, I'm not a big fan of the true. classic Disney stuff because of That's whimsy. I mean, it's just not my mood. Like There's a lot of types of movies that I will love, but whimsical is just not yeah. one of them. For whatever reason, I've just never connected with it. Even as a kid, I never like... You know, I, I like the I, I like Daffy Duck over Donald Duck every, every time because he was the one with attitude. You know? Yeah, uh, but, uh, but Donald has a... Well, maybe it's different. Donald has a rage problem. I have a rage problem, so I see myself a lot in, in Donald. So, you know, I don't I don't know. Bugs Bunny's an I, asshole, I, and I love I love that asshole. It's great. Well, maybe maybe you should have said you're more Bugs Bunny than Mickey Mouse. That would have been a little... Okay, sure. A little more... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I, I thought uh, it'd be easier to compare the ducks, because they're both ducks, but... Yeah, but, I mean, you know, we all know Donald's clearly better. You... The point I'm making, though, is that I, I didn't grow up in Disney because it was more whimsical, and I, I liked the Warner Brothers stuff because it was a bit more, you know. See, I didn't know this about you. This but, is the first time. Again, four years yeah. of podcasts. But bit more I, money. I, like, I, I have no attachment to any of these things. I, I remember, uh, like, so I, I I'd never seen the, uh, the the Disney Christmas Carol, you know, with Mickey Mouse and that. Oh, man, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Yeah, and it okay. was, so, so, you know, I was at a friend's house, and they put it on during Christmas time, and I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I've never seen this, and... They're asking me all these questions. I'm like, I just don't really care. That's fine. <laughs> why is why is Goof Jacob Marley? This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> so so 
I mean, the, the, obviously my point there was just that I'm not a big whimsy guy. So that, that yeah. sort of brings me into kind of the tone of this movie where as much as it's... Because I, I appreciated the camera. I liked how the camera was moving for the most part. Uh, there, were, there was one or two little nitpicks I had with like... I, I think they were so determined to do the opening scene Mm-hmm. Uh, as this big real thing on a real highway that they had to kind of like accept it with flaws and all because the entire first and this was really like bugging me the, the, the entire start of it before it, the camera turned around because they'd done it all in one shot mm-hmm. they're all facing away from the sun at the start so everyone's yeah. kind of underexposed <laughs> against the sunlight okay. it, was really, it was really weird it was like I'm so not used to seeing that in a big but that's, that's the weird thing though is that they're doing all these elaborate dance things the camera's going over cars yeah. like everything about it feels super big budget and professional except the fact that they're all kind of dull looking the lighting yeah I'm like I, 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 I don't know how big the, the, the reflector would have needed to be to, to achieve the entire road <laughs> the but, whole highway yeah. like they just have a tent <laughs> <laughs> but, but just this big like you know structure holding this giant white heart yeah. that just reflects the light back at that side yeah. but uh, I mean, it's a nitpick, but it's just like because obviously, yeah. from a, from a technical point of view, I cannot fault a lot of what happens in this movie. From a technical point of view, I appreciate it as, a, as someone who understands a bit of filmmaking. As someone who cares about story and characters, though, I was kind of left high. Like, you know, obviously, I kind of like the the characters because I like the actors to an extent. Yeah, you know, Emma Stone. I like Emma Stone. Uh, the the actors or the characters are a bit less. So they're, they're kind of like. So determined they're to archetypes. a fault on their on their goals, yeah. it's like it's hard to feel bad for them when things go truly wrong. So the more I watch this, I see this a couple times now. The more I look at Sebastian, who's Ryan Gosling's character, mm. the more I look at him as he's kind of like almost borderline autistic when it comes to his obsession with jazz. Because there's that scene with his sister, and she's sitting on that bench that or that stool that he dug out of the trash because mm. some jazz great had sat on it. And she's like, no, this is garbage. She's like, no, 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 to you it's garbage. To me, it's history. And you see him throughout the movie. That's how he acts. Like he has this obsession with everything, and it needs to be perfect. And you know, uh, it takes romantic romanticism to the next level. You know. Yeah, I think it's also a little bit two-dimensional because I feel like neither of these characters ever have any interest outside of the one thing the entire movie's about. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all he ever likes or talks about is jazz, and that's everything. Like, there's no anything else. And I'm not saying you have to do much with anything else, but there's never a sense that he also, I don't know, does anything else with his life. Like, he's, he's so focused. I just, it feels... Again, maybe that's part and parcel of the, the era, is that yeah. you, you want these characters, like, laser-focused on the one thing that the movie's about, but... Mm-hmm. It just it feels that little bit unrealistic where it doesn't feel like he's a real person because he isn't like no one is that focused on one thing in their life not really very few people I mean, are at the very least I, I feel like the again to to draw comparisons to Whiplash that was you know Miles Teller's character was the same way you know yeah. and that's why he went to that school and so the laser focus is there but uh, to me it's what's the cost of that laser focus and you know his sister comes and and helps bail him out of bills and stuff because he can't keep a job because he's so focused on the jazz. And it, I, again, the more I watch it, the more I see, like, this is not a romantic view of him because he's very flawed in, in his love of things. Well, yeah, because you know? he, he, he insists on playing the music he likes when he's got a piano job at a yeah. restaurant, even though he's told mm-hmm. to play X thing. And it's like, well, no, the, the manager doesn't care if you have a little romantic moment where you wanted to play your jazz thing. Like, no, he, like, yeah. he's right to, like, get rid of you. Like, this is your fault. In the standards. Yeah, it's like how about you know three for you, one for me, okay, and all for you, none for me. Got it. Like I love that scene. Like, 
uh, with J.K. Simmons because, again, he plays a great curmudgeon. But here it's a little more understandable because he's trying to run this restaurant where people are coming at Christmas to hear Christmas tunes while they eat, not not his take on Christmas tunes. As yeah. much as I enjoy that, but yeah. So we've got spoilers then? We've, we've got spoilers yeah, then? Yeah, let, so let, let's open that spoiler door. Talk um, about plot. All right. Yeah. Well, you're the one who likes the movie, so you, you feel free yeah. to drive the uh, the discussion here of, of what you want to talk yeah. about. So, again, yeah, we already talked about how the plot's kind of... I mean, I don't want to say it's barely there, but it's a thinner plot. But it's a guy meets girl, and, you know, and kind of how they develop a relationship while pursuing their own careers. Uh, Sebastian, played by Ryan Gosling, is a jazz musician. He has a stream of owning one day owning this really cool jazz club that's like the jazz clubs he's heard of from history, you know. Uh, and then you have Mia, right? That's Mia. Mia, yeah. yeah. Uh, Emma Stone's character, who is a struggling actress, who works as a barista on the Warner Brothers lot, which, funnily enough, I've been there so to see a, a taping of Conan. So that was kind of surreal, watching this on the big screen, like walking past these places I've actually been uh, and whatnot. But... Uh, and they end up meeting. Uh, they have a bunch of chance encounters where until finally they end up, you know, meeting at this party and uh, they hit it off and they, you know, join together to pursue careers together. Uh, from there, it's kind of like, what are you willing to give up for your career? Honestly, and, that, that meeting at the party is one of my favorite parts of the relationship because yeah. she, she'd run into him at the, the piano bar and she, 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 yep. she heard him get fired because of the music he played didn't you know mm-hmm. match what the, the manager wanted and she actually because he was a bit of an asshole on the way out she specifically yep. requests a song that he knows he'll hate she requests yep. something that's really simple to play to the point where he's playing it with one hand and he's just kind of like bored and just playing a couple of notes yeah. every so often like to me that was doing something with it to me that was like you well know, she's using his own love against him to to, to you mm-hmm. know play a joke on him essentially and and that right. was that worked for me uh well enough uh yeah. where, where things started falling down for me is when things started going wrong and you could see where it was going where he's not going to make her opening night at this this like one woman play mm-hmm. she's doing and he he's like sort of losing himself to like cuz he for the money because he's been struggling for so long yep. he, he accepts to be part of this band and even though he doesn't really like the music all that much he's he's, he's yeah. making him money he's, he's going on tours but again it's this, this idea of sacrifice to like you know like giving up yeah. on his dream and, and so on so that's where the John Legend character comes in and he you know he knows Sebastian like they used to run in the same circles and Sebastian's just jazz purist, and you have John Legend, who his character's kind of just like, yeah, but you know what? You have to make jazz palatable to today's audience. And Sebastian's kind of like, no, they're going to like the old stuff because you're supposed to like it. Uh, you know, So he kind of takes this job to make the money in this, this band with John Legend, and, or whose character's name is Keith. And it's kind of soul-sucking to him. It's kind of just him being in that backyard band again. You know, he gets to have a little bit more skill and a little bit more fun with what he's doing. But, you know, he's doing this kind of so Mia can can do this one woman show, you know, and and it ends up putting a real big strain on their relationship. And, it, you know, it's it, you've all seen it before in romantic, you know, comedies, I guess, you know, where one's giving up and the other's kind of not. But that's kind of the point. And uh but yeah, that, that was the one part of the movie where I felt it was at its lowest because I was kind of like, well, no, we know where this is going. Like, you know. 
to a point. I mean, I, I think you've got these characters who eventually it, it kind of becomes clear that this was a transitional relationship where they both needed something out of it and then ultimately they're not going to end up yeah. together. Uh, like she only goes for that one last addition that leads to her success because mm-hmm. he forces her to go, even though they've already kind yeah. of broken up. Uh, yeah. And it's going through that that sort of inspires him to actually pursue his dream, you know. So that, that's why, like, because the movie split into these sections where it's you know it's like fall, winter, spring, whatever. Yeah. And the, the, the final one goes back to the, the we start. I think we start on winter, so we go back to winter, but it says yeah. five years later. So we, we jump ahead and we see that uh-huh. she's now a big actress. Like she's getting free coffee. She's going to the coffee place she used to work at, and she's yeah. She's getting stuff. That was a bit on the nose for me. It, just, it felt very uh, yeah. I don't know. But she, she... Well, it was a nice cycle because you know what I mean. Like, it, it they're using the familiarity with it to to drive the point. This is who she is now, uh, and and yeah, what what got me more is when you you look because you know this is all a very romantic movie. Like everything's got rose colored glasses, and even at its darkest, you're kind of like, oh well, they'll pull through because I know these kind of movies. Mm. And you see that she's married and. You see the husband, and it's not Sebastian, and that was a shocker to me. Were you shocked at all by that? Oh no, I saw it coming a mile away. Okay, I did not. Uh, so I, in the theater, I got I got super upset. As soon as it jumped five years later, I'm like, she's married with a kid. Um, I, I said, oh, it. look at you. It said, as soon as it said five years later, I'm like, nope, nope, they look are so far apart. Uh, but. I think the problem for me, why the movie, just from a plot level, doesn't work as well mm-hmm. as it probably should, is because. There's no real journey to like her succeeding. It just—it's just like she goes for this one last edition, and it kind of works. It, it, there's no, and I, I guess that's kind of realistic, where you just keep trying with more and more editions until you eventually get that one. But yeah. I don't know. Like there, there was no like sort of build up to it for me. It was just—it was kind of. It was also based on that someone that the casting person knew had heard about her one, you know, her one woman play. I had seen it. She and was there. A, yeah. Oh yeah. So she had seen it. And was there and. That's what gets her that audition. They saw how you know how what she was willing to do and put herself out there because throughout the movie, she keeps going to these auditions where the casting agents are just treating her like garbage. Like yeah. they'll order a sandwich, they won't pay attention. To it, her. Don't get me wrong. I like the idea you know? that she does eventually get discovered because she takes the initiative and does something for herself. Is is yeah. as painful as it ended up being. As much as she got like six mm-hmm. people in the audience, and as much as it was yeah. like a sort of, it was this hard thing. It proved to someone that she had something, and I kind of like yeah. that. It just—I don't know—it never felt like it really built up to it. It, it just kind of felt like, oh, she's successful now because it's time in the movie where she's supposed to be successful, right? Rather than actually building yeah. up to it. I, I kind of probably would have dialed it back to where she's still up and coming five years later. You know, like they know who she is, but she's not like, like they made it seem like she's this big, huge star, kind of like Emma Stone is in real life, where people would stop her on the street and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I can kind of see that. Honestly, I think, that it, I, I think the that? movie would have worked way better if one of them didn't make it. I, I think it's too sweet and cheery that both of them got exactly what they <sighs> wanted in life. And and that's where you go. So her and her husband go out for a night and they end up passing. You know, they, they go to this restaurant, they turn off and she ends up seeing this jazz bar, you know, with these lights down downstairs. And through this whole movie, Sebastian's talked about he wants to buy this one building because that's where all the jazz rates were. And she's kind of like, well... Why don't you make it your own? Why don't you create this new culture based on the old culture? And and so she ends up walking into this jazz club not knowing, you know, because it's not the same spot that he'd wanted. And he's up there being an MC and gets onto the piano and they, they share this moment. And what what I like about that is, yeah, he achieved his dream, 
but his the whole time he was in love with jazz and he was much more in love with jazz more than he was in love with her and that's how i've taken taken that ending you know well so, that's fine but he starts playing the piano and we get this sort of this extended sequence kind of imagining going all the way back to the moment they yeah. first met where they imagine their life as if they had mm-hmm. stayed together but everything still worked yeah. out and it's this sort of thing where they're dancing through various fake movie sets and intentionally yeah. fake there's kind of like sort of like old painted yeah. kind of things and i this, this is where I, I i got legitimately kind of annoyed because this yeah. just felt super self-indulgent and it felt like it lasted like 10 goddamn minutes and i was getting nothing out of it like i was like you know 10 seconds into it i got the point and i wasn't yeah. enjoying the dancing around i wasn't enjoying the whimsy and it was just kind of like so by the time it eventually came to the end of the piano piece and he finished his little piece and it was the same song that he'd been playing the whole movie like he kept going back it's to the stars piece. there you go yeah and like she leaves with her husband, she has that moment at the end when she turns around and gives him this look and just sort of smiles at him and he smiles back and it's kind of like, okay, we both kind of made it. We both got what we needed out of each other and yeah. blah, 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 blah. But I, I don't know, like, but I was so pissed off after that self-indulgent 10-minute romp through mm-hmm. whatever you want to call that <laughs> that I was just like, oh, screw both of you. Oh, <laughs> screw man. both of you, yeah, I see, don't I like, care. So again, the more times I watch this, the more I, I peel apart the layers and yeah, on the surface it seems like it might just be superficial but I might just be reading into it, but that whole montage of what their life could have been, you know, yeah, they're happy with each other, but is that really what they want? You know, like they got a kid and she's an actress still, but he's still just kind of playing piano. And yeah, but he's, he's at his know, club. This is what his dream was. He wanted to have this. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the real one, but not in the, the dream. Oh, right. oh in the dream. I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's like so it takes that romance again of, yeah, we could have this perfect little thing, but is he going to be fulfilled? And I don't think he would have been. And that's you know the five year jump is, this is exactly what he wants. And instead of naming it his his dumb name of chicken on a stick, you know he took her idea, you know. So the fact that like you were saying it was a transitional relationship that they both they both kind of needed because he pushed her to do her own thing. And then she pushed him to kind of, you know, you got to kind of play in the lines. You can't always pl- play outside the lines and expect things to work out. You know, well, it was actually kind of the opposite to me, I thought. The way with she, cause yeah? it, it was more like she inspired him back to his dream because he gave it up thinking, oh, this is what she wants, that I need to go in this band. And I, and I think it was a confrontation where she got really kind of upset. Like, but you don't really like this yeah. music. Like, she, you know, right. she, this is not really you uh, that kind of inspired him back onto the, his own mm-hmm. path. Where... I mean, I assume he still played in the band for a while to make some money, but like, you know, yeah, he had a goal yeah. in mind. He had like a, a direction that he was heading, and right. But it's still not exact. It's not his idealized jazz that they're playing at the end there. You know, like Isn't he that... might be, but <laughs> no, because when he talks about the one kid that's coming up, and he's like, "Oh, I better watch out. He might be owning this place soon." You know, so it's still to me that's showing the he's learned about how to to present it and it can't just be his way all the time you know so they both i could be completely wrong though maybe i'm reading it how i want to see it it's just like jazz to me but i mean I, i'm really not yeah. the expert to make that call um and also someone that didn't really enjoy jazz like whiplash kind of opened me up to it like after i saw whiplash i came home and i found a jazz playlist mm. you know to listen to uh and i came around to it but i'm not like you know this jazz aficionado but here where chazelle who Whiplash is kind of autobiographical. Like, he was going to be this jazz drummer until he couldn't hack it and he 
went into a much more difficult profession, I would say, of filmmaking, uh, which is odd, but... Act perspective, uh, I guess, really. I guess. What that boils down to. <laughs> but he... Um, where was I going with that with Chazelle? Oh, he has he has Ryan Gosling's character break down. He has Sebastian, what jazz is. And I, and I appreciated that as someone that's, you know, not initiated. There's a scene where they're at this lighthouse club and he's pointing out what's going on on stage. And I really like that because it made me appreciate music, the music that he enjoys and why he enjoys it. And I could see that, you know, towards the end. So I thought that was a nice little piece there. Yeah. Uh, I just, I think ultimately the, the meat in this movie, the depth that it has is not in the story or characters. The depth that it has is in the, the singing and dancing and the production side of it. So yeah, I think if you're like me and you have no interest in musicals, I think this movie has next to nothing to offer you. I, I the cinematography. I tell people to watch it for that. I like. That's not the, enough, though. As much I appreciate the cinematography, and I was yeah. definitely the, the best part of the movie. I thought. I, I still don't think it's enough. It's not enough to because it's, it's fine to a point, but then, then you get to like these extended sequences of the the, the, the dancing and the the floating in the observatory with with the. <laughs> yeah, but for every one of those scenes, you have that really nice, you know, Gosling's walking on the pier and doing the stuff with the hat and humming "City of Stars," and I just the way that the camera moves and his movement within there. I just, man. It's really funny. I can't even just outright condemn it because honestly, like sometimes the best action sequence is the one that's filmed as if it's a musical piece, as, as if it's like a, yeah. a dance number. So I don't necessarily. Baby Driver, right? Well, that, that was your positive takeaway from Baby Driver, right? Kind of as a musical. I wasn't really meaning specifically that because that, that one's like over in your face, kind of like that's kind of the point is we're yeah, doing it exactly okay. like that. Uh, I, I was meaning just more like. It's just the way like you have a good action sequence where you have like a beat and you're moving around a geography and the camera's okay. kind of following it around like you you yeah. kind of do it in the same kind of way. So I, I, from a technical perspective, I can I can appreciate what's going on in La La Land, but from a, actually giving a shit about the movie and what's going on with the characters and yeah. actually enjoying the the experience, I can't say I did. Like I, for me, this was. This was two hours that dragged. Like I, I was, I was you, uh, waiting for it to end. You, you could have pushed me over with a feather had you said that you actually liked it. So this is kind of where I expected you to be uh, on it. Although you're a little bit more positive than I would have thought. So that's good. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm a right-minded fellow. I, I can't necessarily sit yeah. here and say, oh, it's worse than Birdemic because it's not. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, well, I mean. I'd still rather watch know. Birdemic again than watch this again, though. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, hey, see, Birdemic you, makes you're me gonna laugh. Make me... <laughs> What's that? Birdemic makes me laugh. This didn't. Yeah, <laughs> this is just... True. You know, oh, nice. man, that story. That's a story for another time, though, because I could talk about Birdemic and that crazy director for hours. Birdemic. Birdemic. Look up the trailer. You're going to make me say it now. Oh, go is, on. So if you're a person that doesn't like musicals, I guess I was a person that said that I don't like musicals either, and it's not like I rush out, because one Christmas we went to go see Out of the Woods, Into the Woods, whatever that movie was. The, the Disney musical uh, that was all about the, the story tell, uh, story tell, story, fairy tale characters. Mm. He had Anna Kendrick as Cinderella, which is the real reason I was there. But, <laughs> and I hated it. That movie was four acts and it felt like three hours and it was, you know, two hours and five minutes. And I was about done. Uh, but I guess you're going to say this. I guess I kind of like musicals now because, oh, that's weird. What's funny is you bring up Anna Kendrick, right? 
yeah. and she's also in the Pitch Perfect movies, which I mm-hmm. relatively enjoy. I don't love them necessarily, but I relatively enjoy yeah. them. So uh, this isn't uh, about music in movies. Like it's specifically the the musical yeah. idea of like them breaking well, into song and dance the structure. and. Right, like yeah, well, the structure of a musical versus less structure and more the the context of which the music is presented. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, because to me, because to me, something like Pitch Perfect or uh, the one the thing that comes to mind that Pitch Perfect kind of reminds me of is Sister Act Two of all things. But hey, yeah. you grew up on what you grew up on, and the idea of it's just a competition is Sister Act Pitch Perfect to me are the same movie as Rocky or The Karate Kid. It's all about just the competition at the end where you're training throughout the mm. thing. It just happens to be singing instead of kicking or punching. Fighting. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, or pick a sport, any sport movie. Like, yeah. You know, it's, 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 that, that works for me. I, I like that. I like the underdogs trying to like, do what, what, what they can. Because yeah. at least, I mean, I don't like all the songs in a Pitch Perfect movie because, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a grumpy old fool who is very picky with music. But it's such a variety of different things that it's like, eh, well, you're about to land in something. Yeah. That said, I can see you more identifying with Becca, who's kind of like, oh, why do we keep doing all these old foggy songs? We can have more fun. You know? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the first Pitch Perfect. Not, not a big fan of the second one. The second one's kind of a mess, but, hey you, know. you mean D2, Pitch Perfect? <laughs> no, don't don't besmirch my, my beloved. Or P2. Because you got P2, then the third one will be P3. Yeah. They got they got to go to a private school, kick out well, the... Well, no, the, the reason why I cried that joke is because... It had the same escalation as the first two Mighty Ducks movies because the first Mighty Ducks was like, okay, it's this local competition. Pitch local. Perfect was the same thing, and then the second one, it's a world competition where they're, they're singing for the US. Yeah. And not only yeah. that, it, I mean, and it was a different country. I think in uh, Mighty Ducks two, it was Iceland that was the Iceland. rivals, but in Pitch yeah. Perfect two, it was Germany. It was it Germany? But it was just this idea yeah. of like you have like these like evil like ac- you know accented opponents so like it, is, yeah. it felt so D2 Mighty Ducks to me when I saw Pitch Perfect 2 but that's just it surprised me you've seen Pitch Perfect 2 Pete you, you don't talk about that I don't talk about it there's not much to talk about <laughs> no <laughs> I'm just saying it's the start I exactly paid I... you for never seeing it seeing it oh I watched the both of them back to back at some point, like last That's year. Fair. I wasn't, I wasn't That's like fair. I went out to see it at the theater. I, like I'm not like oh, Connor, yeah. whose most anticipated movie for the rest of the year is Pitch Perfect Three. Let's let's not miss, let's not smear him. It is the Last Jedi, but well, that's, number that's number two. That's number two. No, no, oh, it, no. Pitch Perfect Three is his most anticipated movie of the year. I'll see it at some point when it's on Netflix or yeah. something. I'm no rush, but <laughs> oh yeah, uh, but yeah, so. So the performances, I do say too. I really enjoy in La La Land. Or oh, back to La La Land. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> well, I'm just saying because you reminded me because I was going to bring up Easy A and then I remembered we're not here to talk about movies we enjoy. Oh, Easy A is pretty good. Talk about La La Land, but because uh, Emma Stone, I just she's it's it's I have a hard time. I I want to like her in every role, you know, no matter what her role is. She has this charm to her that I just really root for her, and I feel like another actress in this role, I wouldn't have felt the same. I think, and that might just be me because I really like Emma Stone, but it was very weird. Ryan Gosling, I feel like you could have plugged in some other characters, although he really takes it to the next level uh, here because he is a fantastic actor. Like he did this, he did La La Land and The Nice Guys in the same year, and there's zero, zero to to one crossover element I'll, of those I'll, characters. I'll give you one guess as to which one of those movies I preferred. <laughs> yeah, well. One of those movies was my top movie of last year. Uh, 
It was the nice guys. Uh, good, but La La Land uh, was in the top be. five. <laughs> it was in the top five. So uh, that's it in my top five of 2016. I'll tell you that right now. No. <laughs> top fifteen. No, I I think I've seen like seventy movies from 2016. Jeez, this this is not in the top half. Oh man. Yeah, tell, 50, 55? I, 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 maybe. I'd have to look, look at the list now and see. I, I can't place it. See, this is the, the thing, though, Matt. The point people is that I'm driving that he has ranked all 70 movies he's seen. Oh, I do that every year. From 2016. I do that every year. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing, though. I watch a lot of really, really crappy horror movies for Streams After mm-hmm. Midnight. We, we cover some right turds on that. So it can be the bottom 10. The bottom 10 is typically all these That's r- true. real, like... You know, like I'll tell you right now, this year's worst movie is Bye Bye Man. It's not changing, it's yeah. the Bye Bye Man. It came in in January and took that crown and it's not let go since. Wow. So would you recommend me watching it? <laughs> yes. So if I really wanted to mess with Pete, I would put Bye Bye Man on my overload list. No, you have to have seen it. That means I'd have to watch it again. Yeah. Or I'd have to watch it the first time. You'd have to watch it the first time uh, and then watch it again. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, that's not But, happening. anyways. But yeah, Besides, so I've already I, talked about it, Matt. We did an episode of Screams about it. <laughs> I'm I, again. I just, I hope this puts the, I, I hope this is the end of hostilities era. I know next month's, uh, we, we've talked about, uh, we're not taking haymaker swings anymore, I think. <laughs> he's, uh, he's on my pick, yeah. I'm in, don't yeah. cut your chickens, buddy. No, no, no. I, I, I know what's next uh, for the next pick, and I'm okay with either of those winning. So, but, uh, but yeah. Well, I'm glad you at least half liked it. So I guess we should rate it now, right? Half likes it, but I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess on a purely object, objective level, yes. But I didn't yeah. enjoy watching it. Okay. So I, you know, I kind of know how I felt about Under the Skin, where I could understand why people liked it, but yeah, that's a good movie. I did not enjoy like it. This is a good <laughs> movie too. Under the Skin is so much better than La La Land. It's not even. Oh man, it's not even. I I, I actually felt something during Under the Skin. As did I. I I'm not gonna say I teared up, but I could feel them coming. It yeah. It could have yeah. been the dog dander. You but, you felt you know. emotions because it was doing something interesting with a, with its premise. Oh no, I'm talking about La La Land. Oh La La, La, La Land. All oh, right, yeah. no, in that yeah. case, no. Uh, no, La La Land plays it too straight. It's it's too classical, and that's kind of the point. I get that. I get that the point is to do. Yeah, oh, we're I going like, to do the old like school the Hollywood notion. musical. But yeah. like, no, nah, I'm sorry. Like, like, yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's certain types of movie I can watch rehashes of till the end of time. Like, give me a guy in a mask stabbing people, and I'll be, I'll be there. I'll probably be having fun, but yeah. I have well, no delusions. Also, I, I also have this very romantic view of LA that has bit me so many times uh, over the course of years. And in fact, uh, Mario has talked me out of it numerous times. Where he's like, "Yeah, LA's cool, but it's not like this great, awesome place," you know. Uh, but they also spoke to me. They, there's this montage in La La Land where they go and visit all these landmarks and. It's really well shot, and that adds to that love letter of Los Angeles. Like, and they spent a lot of time at the observatory, which is the Griffith Observatory. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's you know, so it just there's parts of it that just speak to me, you know, and not just Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone because I just love those two so much. But Here, here's an example yeah. of something going on too long, right? So in the in the middle of the movie when he's joined this band and Emma Stone goes yeah. to the performance, right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes this point where he's. Gosling's over at the side, he's playing the piano and some keyboards and he's doing mm-hmm. his thing. And after like a little bit of playing, uh, more lights come on, it becomes a bit more, you know, 
in your face and these like dancers yeah. these like backing singer dancers come out and stand in front of Gosling and they're kind of hiding them from the crowd and she mm-hmm. looks kind of like sad about it like, like he's not really getting to be the, the showman that he wants right. to be and it like, makes its point and then the song still plays for another three goddamn yeah. minutes it's made its point I don't need to see the rest of the yeah. song yeah but you got John Legend on set you want him to finish that song no I don't you know what I mean I don't well I do I like John Legend <laughs> again it's... Like, yeah uh, so again it's just a taste thing I could easily I cut 30 minutes out of this thing easily yeah you can but then it's not really a musical because you'd cut all the musical numbers <laughs> I would cut all of them <laughs> like there's a one at the start where she's singing with her, her roommates before because yeah, they've convinced her to fun. go out for a party and it's just them singing as they get her dressed and they're, they're going down the street and I'm like oh, what's the, I don't get the point of this one whatever Like, how much did you enjoy the dance sequence where they're on the ledge not the edge but they're up in the hills and they're looking over and they have a view and it's a kind of a homage to uh, a stare and ginger rogers i think that's my favorite part of the movie just because their charisma or their charisma their chemistry with each other is so good like i buy you know that scene and then they start tapping together and was that a little bit too whimsical for you it was, it was better than the singing but okay that's Fair about so uh, is there any song that embedded itself in your brain now that you're going to be humming the rest of the day? I, I, I no, I, I don't think I remember any of the songs at all. Oh man, so I've had City of the Stars, City of Stars stuck in my head for the last couple of days I, since I watched this. I don't think I could tell you a single lyric of any of these. Man, that's the thing that going and and one ear out the other. I, I just like, yes, I, I don't retain any of it. Hmm. Well, now I'm going to take Newsies off because I don't want to put you through that because that's all music. Like, that, <laughs> is, that is a steadfast musical where where plot lines happen. So like, yeah, that's I'll, make this, I'll make this clear once again. Like, If you like musicals, great. Love them. Go, go love them. I'm not saying they shouldn't exist. I'm saying that there's a reason why I didn't watch this already, but I was yeah. forced to. So you're going to hear me complain. Well, you're going to hear me bitch. Again, you're going to hear me I whine. Hope, that's fine. I just hope we can put the nuclear buttons down and, you know, play nice. For the most part, you know. I will have my before. revenge. You got your revenge by kicking under the skin at me. You're like hot potato. Here you go. And again, I will have my revenge. All right, cool. Tim Burton movies to watch. Let's make a <laughs> list. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, just as one minor note, I I did appreciate seeing uh, what was her name. Let me remind myself of her name. Uh, Jessica Roth, who was actually the lead in Happy Death Day, she was one of the roommates at the start of the movie. I, I was kinda, thought that was her. I was disappointed she wasn't in more of it because I liked her a lot in that that yeah. movie. But hey, oh, she's great in Happy Death Day. That was underrated. I don't like Happy Personally. Death Day. Happy Death Day was a pleasant surprise. Much better than La La Just, Land. Oh come on! Much better. Apples to oranges, my friend. Apples to oranges. Also, an apple at your oranges. <laughs> Red. Not a, a thread where you said apples to tennis balls. I just that's because, that's because you you said I said the last part of this was a chore, and then you went oh so, so it was under the skin. I'm like, what's the point of comparing them? That doesn't matter. Like, so you hate it under the skin. That does not have any bearings on because, my opinions of La La Land. Because I can, because I can. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, so let's let's rate this so we can we can. All right, all right. I don't know. All right, Matt, you you go first. All right. So this again was in my top. Four, top five. I think it came in at number four last year. So it's an easy eight five for me. Like without without a thought. 
And I'm going to try to guess Pete's. I'm going to write it down <laughs> on my phone so we can't, you know, no shenanigans. Hold on. I'm getting the, the note thing working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why, why I need a new phone. That's why I went yesterday, and, it, and it's on its way here. So that's, that's all good. Okay. So Pete's is going to be – I'm going to put this in. All right, oh, go. This, the suspense. All right. Uh-huh. So – I can fault it at a technical level. Technically, there's a lot of things going on here that they've put a lot of thought into. I will give it some objective praise for that. Uh, I do think, though, that I've seen the idea of like celebrating movies done better. Uh, there's movies about that that I love. I do think this is extremely self-indulgent, especially that last chunk where they're, they're, he's fantasising about what his life could have been with her. Oh my god, I hated those ten minutes. Um, <laughs> I, I do think it's too long, and my flat out dislike of the musical numbers because I don't really like the style of music uh, basically just paints it into uh, a, a corner for me mm-hmm. so I did not enjoy watching it uh, but I can't necessarily point at it and go oh shit this is this is, this is is the worst thing ever because yeah again, it earned its cinematography Oscar, there, for there, sure. there's technical yeah. things going on I can't deny that I like some of the cast there's, 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 there is charisma on display on screen uh, with that said I will give it what I feel is a very fair score for me, given my opinion on musicals Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of a straight 5 out of 10. Oh, man, I overguessed by half a point. I added it 5-5. You're, you're, you're... I thought, I thought that it would have gotten an extra half point for, for the things that you did like in it. No, the the things that I did like got it to the halfway mark. Oh, man. 5 out of 10. That's, that's what I'm All giving. All right, fair, that's fair. Again, I, I had you at about by five, so, you know. Although if you tell James it was a five movie, he's going to think you really loved it. That's because he's a, 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 a moron <laughs> he's a weird. who rates things out of yeah. five. I hate how... That said, people who rate things out of five are not as bad as people who rate things out of four. Those people are just weird to me. I don't... Yeah. I don't get it. I don't Unless get it. you're, you know, you know, Roger Ebert, when he was around, where he kind of started the four star system you know uh yeah it's time to put that away you know what i mean four four stars is silly five makes sense to me at least even though i prefer 10 but hey anyway so Mm -hmm. that that is uh i guess la la land so we shall wrap up by uh doing our usual our usual plugs uh of course i will recommend one one of the things that won the vote for streams this month was cabin in the woods me and tim had a good conversation about that this week fun fun So, so go check out that episode uh, on the YouTube's at Mail Fuzz TV, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you want to like vote in the next thing, of course. Yeah, admittedly, I think by the time this goes public on YouTube, it'll be too late to vote for the the following vote. But the new one for the following month after that will yep. be up. So you can do that over at patreoncom TV. You also get uh, episodes of this and Influx early. You get to vote on episodes of Influx as well as Overload and Screams After Midnight. Uh, so lots of things over there. And plus, you get access to the Vault and the Crypt. Matt, do you know what the Vault and the Crypt are? The Vault and the Crypt, I'm going to guess those are Patreon exclusives of older things. Because that's what you would put in a crypt in a vault. No. It's Patreon exclusive. Uh, Basically, it's the idea that people can submit movies to a to-do list. And so the Crypt's the Screams one and the Vault is the 121 one. And every so often we'll pick one over, over, off this user-submitted list and do that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe pick them to put in the vote for that month for the Patreon. Uh, the, the actual list is public. You can go see it. 
over uh, uh, the link will be in the description below uh, to to the uh, the website where you can see that list uh, that both lists uh, are public. But if you're a patron, you actually get the submission link and you can actually go and submit movies. Uh, it's just a fun way of letting people like sort of give us suggestions and we can do them sometimes and. Uh, some some are wackier than others. Now, admittedly, I don't know if it affects Overload that much because, you know, given the premise of yeah. this show where we pick something we love, but if one of them pops up on there, maybe we'll go, oh, hey, I do love that movie. Maybe I'll pick that for Overload yeah. this month. We're always looking for movies that we can, you know, explore here. I know my list kind of fluctuates and, you know, I'm like, oh, that's a good one. But then I'll forget to write it down and forget. So, you know, but yeah, that, that's a good tool to have, Pete. It's yeah. good on you. Th- thank you. Yeah, I, I do think it was one of my better ideas. So so that's uh so go check out that. Uh, get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, you can uh, do it at Patreon. I said that already. I don't know why I'm going back down that road. As every time yeah. I change the order of how I say things, I always end up circling and going back to something I already said. Uh, so yeah, like, subscribe, all that usual stuff. Of course, if you're on the audio feed, which obviously has uh, all the one twenty one shows in one feed, uh, do give us a, a rating on iTunes or rate us on the, the podcast app you're using, whatever. Uh, but there's an audio feed now, so if you want to enjoy the show that way, you can. Uh, although you don't get to look at uh, Matt's very red beard. Mm-hmm. Matches my shirt today. It's weird. It is. It's although actually... this this beard, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you people first. This beard's not long for this world. I oh man. I thought I was about the beard life, but apparently my true love is just a chin beard, like uh, Sebastian's love is jazz. So. Uh, yeah. Oh well. Uh, that 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 is us though. So that that this has been episode four of One Twenty One Overload. So mm-hmm. thank you very much. We appreciate you watching or listening. We always do. So yeah, keep watching movies, guys. We will see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>